G'day and welcome to Aussie Vision. I'm Dale. And g'day, I'm Mike. And welcome to our season opener for Eurovision 2024 on the podcast. Yes, already a lot happening for this season. Yes, exactly. Because if you don't um, remember from last year, we've obviously reduced what we're doing compared to last year. We're Mm -hmm. doing not the weeklies anymore. Thankfully for you, Michael, with all the editing, we're kind of coming in roughly around a kind of monthly level, aren't we? Yeah, about around that. If something big happens, we might jump on. But apart from that, yeah, maybe once every month we'll flap the gums about it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there might be an emergency Australia podcast or something. It happens like that. But yeah, obviously so much has happened um, over December and even into earlier. It was a very busy early season so we thought we've got to get on before the January national finals start Mm. so let's start with some of the big news Michael that happened for Australia is that we are back we're back for Malmo um, at least that's all we know it was an interesting way to be announced, wasn't it? Um, nothing coming out of SBS. It, we were just announced with the other participants when uh, the EVU announced it. So I thought that was very, very interesting. Yeah, exactly. We kind of, like, we felt pretty confident it was going to happen, that Australia was going to get let in. We just kind of felt like, is it going to be a long-term deal? Is it permanent? Is it just a one-year thing? And then it just kind of was like, we're there. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. With no more details. So that's all we know, really. We don't mm. know anything about an artist or a song or anything. They're keeping clouds very, very close to their chest at this point. Yeah, I think there obviously was a lot of chat about Danny Minogue, True. wasn't there? And there's been a bit of chat about Rick Hilly. What's your take on these kind of rumours that are happening? Oh, look, people just fill a void, don't they? Look, I think with Danny, maybe she's getting behind Ollie Alexander and jumping on that kind of way wave of uh, Eurovision news that was going around the UK, but I wouldn't take anything too seriously at this point. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think it's the question we've been asked the most, other than, as you know, what's happening with Australia. Is Danny Minogue going to represent <laughs> us? And I very much doubt she is. But hey, a lot of people got a lot of headlines over it, which is good. People are excited about it, which I think is a good thing. But great to be back. Um, it does feel that we probably, we're probably, I feel we're going to be in there semi-permanently. I don't think this is a once-off. Who knows? True. I simply do not know. <laughs> all we were was a name announced along with all the others. No other details at this point. Exactly. A broadcaster as well. Remember, we're not countries this hmm. year. We're broadcasters, but that's a whole nother conversation. Well, look, let's go back even further than the Australian announcement. We actually got a song really early. Was this in November? I can't even remember. But France got ahead of everybody and released their song. They certainly did. I guess we should have a listen to it, Dale. This is Sliman with Mon Amour. Big name, big song. Michael, what are your thoughts? Yeah, first out of the gate from France, wasn't it? Very big artist, I have to say. So very impressive that they've got somebody so big in their music industry. Look, I think there is a really, really good quality song here and certainly something the juries will respect. Um, He can sing it. We've seen him do a couple of live performances of this already. So I think all the ingredients are there for a pretty good result. Yeah, I'm really pleased they've gone with him. Like, he is a big name. Like, number one albums for years and years and years. They're taking it very seriously. I think internal 
is the right choice when you're trying to get an artist like him. Yep. Um, I do miss Seivuki Deside and Destination Eurovision. I thought they brought out some really interesting kind of music. But if you're going to get him and you're going to get a big artist, you go internal, do whatever you need to do to make it happen. Yep. He can sing it. Uh, he, those performances have been great, particularly that live, proper live one that he just did the other day around New Year's, I think it mm-hmm. was in Paris. Really impressive to sing it on such a big open stage and still hold it together and bring that power and that grit to it. A lot of people was comparing it to Marco Mangoni, and it's not, just because it's a man singing a ballad. Mm. There's a bit more grit. It's not as polished as Marco, but it's almost got a bit more earthiness to it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, barring a complete vocal disaster on the night, there's points here, whether they be from the jury or... the and the televote. So as I say, I think on for a decent result. I'm not 100% sold on the song. Oh, really? I find it a little bit overwrought, particularly when it gets to the big climax towards the end kind of thing. It will probably grow on me. I do think it is quality. I guess we'll just have to see it in context with the other songs eventually. Exactly. And uh, look, I I personally love it. I think it's fantastic. And I love the big climax at the end. Mm. I think it's brilliant. And I think with France is, and remember, they've got the, they don't have to qualify. Hmm. So they can think about jury and public vote. You know, it's the benefit of the big five yet again. Yes. Um, But this has got jury points. And I think with France, you never know how they're going to go on the telly vote. This is, you've got points. You've got to get them from somewhere and this will get them. But I think the song is fantastic. It's certainly going to tick the, oh, this is France box as soon as he comes on and starts singing, you know, because a lot of the audience do expect that kind of Frenchness to come through and they're certainly delivering it in 2024. Yeah, and I think uh, with someone from the Aussie Vision team, it might have been Craig actually, who just said, France have just got in early and laid down the big man ballad of the year. Mm. And it's almost like, all right, everyone else, bring it. Mm. So it kind of, they kind of almost get to like, mark their t- territory yep. because I think people do if they're considering songs or how they're going to vote etc if you, you're not going to match that man ballad unless maybe you're in Italy was, uh, so maybe stay, stay away from it it was always going to be the yardstick wasn't mm. it for when it comes to ballads very good from France alright well from an internal one let's go to Czechia or Czech Republic they were referring to themselves as Czech Republic in the national <laughs> final like, make knows? up your mind Mario <laughs> Muriel Czechia Czech Republic but they had their national final uh, ESC Z didn't they Mike they certainly did and we got a winner from that process Dale let's have a listen to Ico and Pedestal bit of a surprise winner uh, Michael what did you think of this entry yeah it, particularly the international voting remarkable numbers I've written here Dale that was wasn't so much a love from the Czechia public but certainly with the had the international audience look I think there's a decent pop rock elements to this song but that live performance was rotted <laughs> Rotted. No, seriously, there's lots of work to do here. I think there is underlying here a decent entry, but wow, really got to be able to clean that up and perform it. They've got plenty of time up their sleeve, so I suspect we'll see a much, much improved version of that come uh, Malmu. Yeah, look, the Czechia national final's never big budget, and hmm. so we often have this situation where we think all the fans will think that it's not going to work live, and they do always bring it. They normally bring the staging together. It's free to sing in tune, Dale. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, what I'll say is they didn't have the the backing vocals that you get really heavily with it. I think she was playing to a nightclub kind of audience and being too energetic in her vocal, you need to basically... She can't do that yelly bit and jump around because Ooh. it made her vocal go everywhere, right? Except the actual notes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I do think the song is right. The song is modern. It has a very... I, I know we... It has an Olivia Rodrigo-ness to that it. Rock pop. I do feel like we're going to say that a couple of times this season. It's mm-hmm. going to happen. There's always a bit of a uh, kind of a theme du jour. It was Billie Eilish for some seasons, and mm-hmm. I think it might be a bit of Olivia Rodrigo we see. The song has something. It's got That's catchy. It's It's got a hook. It's memorable there. So if they can clean it up, the studio is very good. Mm. The live, not so much. And the results were kind of head scratching but let's not go there on those numbers because yeah i don't know it was a bit weird but anyway she won and i do think it's a eurovision worthy entry yeah yeah i i I think with the right amount of polish on this one and the czechs generally do bring a polish to these things it's certainly not dead in the water shall we say no and i like her i think Hmm. she's got something about her she's got this like a magnetism hmm Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I can say it. Uh, just quickly on the other results from it, we should just touch on because it was the first national final of the year. Mm. Now, I'm not sure if you remember, but second place was Ellie with The Angels Share. That was the two male dancers. It was kind of ballad, and then it went into EDM. Mm. It was probably one of the other big favourites for that one. I think people were expecting her to win. No, no, it wasn't. Oh, okay, different one. Um, Yeah, look, it, it was fine. I wouldn't say anything from there really blew me away, but um, I probably wasn't expecting Ico to win, put it that way. Yeah, no, I actually think Ico's a better Eurovision entry than the Ellie song was. The one, though, that I have to mention, the one that you were mentioning there about Mm -hmm. everyone expecting to win, including me, Red Flag Parade with... um, Oh, no, sorry, Midi with Red Flag Parade. That's right. Oh, it was so bloody catchy. Mm. It was fantastic. And their live performance was brilliant. I just thought it was so good and it was so loved by fans. It was an interesting result that didn't win the international um, thing. But, hey, it didn't win. But I... Loved it. Yeah, it was probably the one that stuck in my mind out of that fairly kind of average lineup. Hmm. When I kind of take a bit of a step back, though, I think when you look at the points and where things could come from, I kind of feel like Ico's song is a little bit more modern and hmm. the whole Red Flag Parade was kind of going into almost, I don't want to say it was novelty, but like a little bit of uh, kitschiness. Hmm. And that doesn't always fly at Eurovision. So maybe I would have been a bit worried about it at Eurovision. But I think it would have been a great entry to go. But I'll get over it. Yeah. I think either one would probably have its challenges come semi final time. All right. Well, let's go to Albania now. Festivalia Kungus, one of our favorite national finals to watch every year, always around Christmas time. And the fans come together for Fikmas. Mm. Um, we had a winner, Michael, didn't we? We certainly did. We should have a listen to Bessa with. Zamaron Nandora. Not a shot. 
shock, but a surprise winner, I think, of the Eurovision vote. Remember, because the FIC jury chooses the FIC winner and the public chose the Eurovision entrance. Probably not as big a shock as the FIC winner itself. <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> absolutely woeful. But yeah, probably wasn't one of the front... Well, I think she was in the leading pack, but probably not one of the outstanding favourites to take the ticket. I still think there is something pretty good with this. There is a revamp coming. They've already said that. So I think the bones of a decent entry are here, and she can certainly perform. I think she's very eye-catching as well. Yes, yeah, so I'm, again, I'm expecting a very elevated performance come Malmo for, for this one. The song, I don't know if it really sticks with me, so we'll see what the revamp brings. Yeah, I think when we were watching it, and, and Liv and I covered it for Aussie Vision, and look, I don't think it was the greatest fic year, for sure, mm. um, but it did seem the best put-together package ready to go or almost ready to go like Elsa Lila was one of the other favourites to win mm-hmm. very long ballad would have need a huge revamp is that going to work at Eurovision some other ones are a little bit too old and traditional and other ones are a little bit too weird and shouty mm. um, so this to me just ticked all the right boxes and I think the Albanian public saw that She's great. She can sing. She's got a look. You know, mm. her look in the actual first like night that she performed with that breastplate and yes. her hair slicked back. Completely different than her look in the final where the breastplate were gone. They were still there though. <laughs> and she had this glam dress and the mm. hair. And I love that kind of versatility in that look of diva or pop star and someone who can sing it. Notice I'm not talking about the song, uh, but I do think the song has got a bit of a catchy chorus, and I think it was originally written for English. Okay. I think Darko Dimitrov is a little bit behind it as well. So I think with a revamp, it might just have a little bit more to it. There's a few parts where it's silent, mm. where there's not really happening. There's no movement. There's nothing there for a dancer to be doing anything, and she does the rap and everything like that. But I do think... I do think there's something there, but it needs work. It's definitely going to stand out, I think, when we get to Malmo. And I think you've made this point a few times, whether it be in videos and other stuff, that, yes, we kind of look at Albania during FIC and go, oh, this is all dirge, it's not really going to do well. But then when you put it into a lineup against all these other international songs, the Albanian songs really do jump out. So, as I say, I think all the ingredients are here. If they bring their normal level of staging and, and showmanship that comes with it, this just should do okay, one would imagine. Again, we've got to see what it's a, what is around it. Exactly. When you've got 31 Albanian songs, everything just starts to sound like <laughs> a lot of wailing women, let's be honest. Yes. And, and But when you put it in that whole lineup, it, it does pop. And they've got, I think, Sasha Jean-Baptiste looks like maybe she might be working with them again. They've been mm. following each other on Instagram and stuff. Mm, nice. And she can always put her magical dust on it. And she did a great job last year. I think straight away last year, I thought Albania would qualify. I thought it had that special ingredient straight away, even though it's mm. forgotten. This one, I'm not as confident, yep. but I don't think it's a lost cause at all. And mm. it's always about what else it's up against. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that revamp and uh, what we see with some staging. Just one more question. Yes. Albanian or English? I'd probably go think? with English on this one, to be honest. Mm. Maybe a mixture of two. I think maybe a mixture of the two. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, probably it'll just make it a bit more accessible and mm. maybe it might stick with me a little bit more being an English speaker. Because it sounds a bit poppy, and I think you need English for that one, compared to the big wailingness when it doesn't really matter. And one final note we have to talk about this, Michael. The yeah. Festivalia Kungus actual winner, mm-hmm. Mao. Yes. Now, Mao, for those who don't know or need to be reminded of, he had very large biceps, uh, a kind of leather dress thing going on, mm-hmm. and the shoutiest odd song that I kind of liked, 
ever and the biggest shock winner of Thick, I think, in history. Big arms, small talent. <laughs> um, it was really, I don't know what those judge, judges and jury were looking for. Sometimes we all know that the Albanian jury does, you know, baffle everyone at times. How on earth they could have thought that was the best song and the best performance over the few days that they had it. It's just baffling. But anyway, it is what it is. It's not going to Eurovision, thankfully. That's the main thing. I never have to listen to it again. I actually didn't mind it that much. And look, it is always very weird what the Vic juries do. I think people in Albania be like, what is what is going on? At least they have the Eurovision public vote now. Thank mm-hmm. God that has saved it. Uh, we'll put a link to that performance in the show notes because you need to see it. It is something to behold and then you'd never have to watch it again. Well, another big artist from another big five country was announced. It was Ollie Alexander for the United Kingdom announced on Strictly Come Dancing's grand final. It doesn't get bigger than that in the UK unless it's EastEnders Christmas special. Yeah, pretty much. And I think that probably is a good indication of where his profile is domestically. So I think a big get for the BBC getting him. Good for the Eurovision brand in the UK, which, you know, obviously we've seen took a, you know, skyrocketed and maybe took a little bit of a hit last year. So I think it's good that they've got this experienced performer. Look, expectation will be high. Yeah, definitely. I think it shows that UK have been on the right track ever since the double nil poir. They came back with Sam Ryder, amazing. May Muller, I will stand by that song. That was the right song. Okay, the performance didn't come together. And they've come out with Ollie Alexander. I mean, what a turnaround for the UK. They are getting big hitters, songs that sound modern, songs that you can hear on the radio, and now an artist who is successful in mainstream and mainstream actor as well. So this is a big win for the UK Definitely domestically. Yes. It's all about the song now, isn't it? Like, you're right. They had the song last year. It was a terrific song. Just couldn't quite nail that performance and they paid for it. Sam set the bar really high, you know, getting second overall and he won the jury. And he came fifth in the telly. So, you know, having a big name might be something, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to get a good result. It will be interesting to see the song and the level of performance, particularly vocally, that he can bring to it. Exactly. I think fans in the Eurovision sphere are very much across Alexander. There's British, Irish, Australians. He's been very successful there. He's been pretty successful in mainstream Europe. Mm -hmm. Big LGBTQI um, following. Obviously, the niche part of the fandom does as well. When it comes to that Saturday night, when it's mum and dads in Romania, well, maybe Romania, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. like across Europe... They don't care who Alexander is. It's yep. always going to be about the song. Exactly. Being a big name is going to not get you much other than I think it will get some jury reputation mm-hmm. and there'll be a nod to going UK are trying and they're doing something and that subconscious thing, as long as the song and the vocal is good, they'll get some jury points of some variety. How much they get is all going to be that this song needs to be an absolute chart topper type song yeah. because he's not a vocalist like Sam Ryder is he can mm-hmm. sing but he's yeah. not a Sam Ryder yeah I think juries are kind of like oh it's that guy so you know, it's only human nature that you kind of prick the ears a little more and mm. perhaps pay a little more attention so he's definitely got that on his side as I say nothing's guaranteed it's all about the song so if they can bring the song they'll uh, and his performance then yeah again should get a decent result Exactly. But you're right. It's all about the song. I can't tell you how many messages I got about Alexander competing and going, wow, UK can win. Mm. I mean, of course they can win, but Mm. until we get the song, I wouldn't be getting too excited. Has he had a hit single as a soloist? 
Oh, well, no, but years and years, I mean, it's very much him, right? Mm. I mean, it's, there's the group, but, and it has been a while since they've had a hit, let's mm. be honest. Mm. Um, so, yeah, yeah. But, like, Eurovision's not the charts. But I'd keep the champagne corks secured for this point. Yeah, exactly. Just put it but it's way? very, very exciting. I'm it very is. pleased for the UK, and it's been such a turnaround. And I've seen a lot of fans go, just calm a little bit, and mm. I think it's the right thing to do. Be excited, but just keep a lid on it. You don't want to be disappointed. Well, to the Netherlands now, and a very big change of direction for them. They announced that Joost Klein would be their artist for Eurovision 2024. Yes, out of the blocks again. The Netherlands do tend to um, sort of announce the artist and then leave us waiting for the song, which they've done again. Look, he seems like an interesting one, isn't he? Like, um, you know, he's obviously had some success. He's already had a number one single in, in Germany, Switzerland, Austria. I'm expecting catchy and quirky. Yeah. Looking at his other stuff, he can't sing. So expect a sing-talk kind of... So, so if he does make the grand final, there's no jury points. I don't know. This could go either way for me. This could be really clever and good, or it could end up being Yendrick from Germany again and really cringy oh. and awful. <laughs> no, well, who knows? I don't want to jump the gun here. What I do like, though, is Netherlands were on a track for a very long time, and it worked, and then they started to almost, like, I felt this year's entry, I think they did a good job in the end, but it really felt by numbers, mm. Netherlands, and they've done it, it's done, move on. And they have really changed. They've done a 180 here. This is completely different. It's almost going back to when they were doing so great at Eurovision, but this has got a modern edge. It's quirky. I liked, you know, the song that went number one. Is it like, is it Frieza Jung or something? Yeah, yeah. Frieza I thought it was great. No, it was horrid. <laughs> but you know what I think? And there's been a lot of debate about this. And I think, of course, there's a massive difference between him and Cardia. But the average fan on the night, I think, are going to compare him to a little bit. Really? Yeah. Because essentially it is sing-talky kind of guy who do a little bit of stuff on it. The funny haircut, being quirky, doing a bit of kind of a rappy stuff with it as well. They're going to think that this has been a basically a response to Cardia. And I think it probably has been a little bit to see, okay, you can do something like this and it do well. You might not win. Mm. You can do this quirk. And I just think the basic average fan of at home is going to compare it a little bit to Cardia from the year before. Mm, and we'll it see. most likely won't be as good. We'll see. I guess it's all about the song on that one as well. But I think for me, it's probably more a reaction to the changing of no juries in the semi-final. Of course. So mm. we're going to go for something a bit more out there and quirky and hopefully get that tally vote that'll put us through. Because as we know, the Netherlands can struggle with the tally vote sometimes. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And that's, I think this is, we're going to see this more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And it'll be very interesting about what country choose everyone said last year oh the decision was great you know to change to semi-final public vote and i did think it worked last year but it's about the long game once people start to see results i didn't qualify but you know let three did what are we going to do hmm. and netherlands have gone this direction so we'll see what happens with it yeah definitely should be interesting all right well let's move on to cyprus and for the second year in a row Cyprus has chosen an Australian. Yeah, 17-year-old, born in Sydney, Cilia Capsis. I've got to say, I'm pretty impressed. I have never really seen her work before. She's apparently the lead singer for the Australian Youth Performing Arts Company, which sounds very, you know, <laughs> fancy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she's also a dancer as well. So expecting some good, young, fresh energy from her. Looking at her previous catalogue, she looks like she's got some good record company backing. Everything looks very polished. Uh, it's good pop. So, yeah, I'm expecting um, something good from her this year. It's good to see another Aussie. 
Oh, it's great to see another Australian. And as she turned 17, has she? Because she was 16 so. when she was announced, but very young. And look, I do think she can sing. She can definitely dance. I've been watching some of her live stuff and she can do both at the same time, which is what you need. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we're going to get an authentic ballad happening. No. Here. I feel like she's going to be the vehicle to put on a really good pop song and perform it well mm-hmm. and get on the world stage to do it. It'll all be about the experience, I think, but... What an opportunity for her. And hey, it worked with Andrew. Everyone had their doubts about him. Mm. And why can't it work for her? Absolutely. I've I've no doubt that they'll uh, put together a very, very good package. But interesting, they've done the same thing again, Cyprus, and gone to an Australian-born act, which is very interesting. It is very interesting. Mm. In the past, they had Alfie write one of their songs, Alfie Arcuri. Mm. So the relationship between Cyprus and Australia is going strong. We can use that Cyprus flag that we bought over in the UK again this exactly. year. So there we go. It hasn't gone to waste. Well, it was a five pounds well spent there, Dave. We've got two <laughs> two years worth out of that flag. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. So we'll see. We haven't got the song. We don't know when we're getting it, but let's wait and see. Yes. All right. Let's just move on very quickly through the last couple of countries that announced their artist. Slovenia um, announced Raven, who obviously did a few of their national finals in the past, came very close mm. to going, but they've internally chosen her. Yeah. Three times she's been to Emma and uh, finally got the ticket on a, a what do you call it a internal selection a mezzo soprano singer not the, what the vibe I got from her last Emma Cows. performance <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is really interesting um listening to some of her stuff before she is combining opera with electro recently so I suspect they will go that way uh, and she sounds really good and it's all about song choice because if they get it right she will stand out and attract some votes so interesting get it wrong it could be an absolute hot mess but um which has we've seen in the past but yeah good to see her get her opportunity put it that way yeah i was gonna say she might stand out for all the wrong reasons (laughs) but she yeah she is quite experimental and the song's called veronica it's about some kind of old like a a old person (laughs) like someone i don't know is it a witch or some for a witch trial or someone in slovenia from history i don't know we'll find out but look you know it sounds interesting um, but I, I'm, I'm glad she's got the ticket. I, I'm disappointed they're not doing their national final, though. I've always enjoyed their national final. They do a good job of it. Yeah. So, but I understand why they've gone internal there. Yeah, they went internal with Joker out as well. So, yep. you know, obviously they've gone, or she's got the song they want, yeah. I'd imagine. Exactly. Mm. Um, Belgium has um, Musti. <laughs> Musti, yes. Yeah, look, described as a flamboyant performer uh, on the Eurovision website. He's got a couple of albums to his name. He seems like a fairly accomplished kind of artist and TV sort of personality. Previous stuff sounds decent. He's got a strong image. I just hope he stands out and we can avoid the sort of dreaded Belgian beige that they can do sometimes. You know what I mean? Like that Elliot guy and also 2022. They weren't bad songs. They just ended up being a bit beige and nobody noticed it. So Mm. just not... Don't go down that road again, Belgium. Well, maybe mm. they that's why they've gone flamboyant, okay. well, <laughs> which, yeah. you know, I think generally means queer. Uh, <laughs> yes. When they don't want to say queer, they just say flamboyant. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's great. And obviously, look, they, they swap broadcasters. For those who don't know, there's mm-hmm. two different broadcasters in um, Belgium. So that's why they're not doing the national final again. Well, I, I guess we'll find out next year if they'll go back to that for the other broadcaster. Mm. But look, you know, um, they've chosen someone who seems a little exciting and let's just wait and see for the song. But... Um, why not? Hey, queer's working for Belgium. Go yeah. for it again. Certainly worked for them with the excellent Gustav last year, didn't exactly. it? Exactly. Oh, still not over Gustav. So good. Greece has got Marina Sati. 
Yeah, another really interesting artist. She really mixes a lot of different uh, sounds and genres here. You know, a lot of Arabic influence, a lot of Balkan influence, and of course Greek. She's got a nice voice, almost like an almost retro kind of sounding voice as well. So I think for them, it's all about just getting the right fit for her as an artist. Because as we've seen, sometimes you have these wonderful quirky artists that are given just a pop song and it just doesn't suit them or mm. whatever. So hopefully they've got something in mind for her that'll will make her stand out for, for the unique kind of artist she is. Yeah, and I hope there's that sound come through with the, the song. Like, you know, maybe I said in the past that... I I don't want Greece to go stereotypical. Like mm. they don't have to get out the buzuki and like you know yell your opera. But I have felt their last few entries have felt so generically European. They could be from anywhere, mm-hmm. and that's just not the direction of the contest at the moment. People want a flavour or re- something recognisable about where you're from. Uh, even just in the how they perform or how they mm. look. I would not say Greece has done that in the last few years, but it was working for them. Mm. But I would like to see a touch of something. So I'm excited by her. Apparently. She got the whole bunch of songs that were kind of shortlisted. There was a whole bunch. I can't remember how many now. Mm. And she just went, none of these work. Uh, Which I kind of like. Good. I like this. As long as she's in control and they're not making her sing something she doesn't want to. Exactly. If, If they can bring that kind of exotic Eastern influence to the yes, songs, somewhere that kind of generally works at Eurovision. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll <laughs> power ballad coming up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. By numbers, probably. Uh, but we'll Swedish written. Yeah, but it'll never be straightforward. It never is in Greece, but they normally yes. bring it together. Hopefully no court cases yes, this year. Yes, no, no one's getting sued this year. That's the main thing. <laughs> all right, well, look, that's all the artists and the songs that we have so far. But yeah. look, for this amount already by the end of December has been really quite remarkable, I have to say. Yeah, I'm expecting there'll be just stuff dropping all over the place over the next few months. Plus, of course, our uh, organized national finals that we know about. Exactly. And then coming up in January, we have Norway and Lithuania starting. Mm. Luxembourg are obviously going to hold their national final. I'm really interested about how that's going to go. Oh, great opportunity for French and Swiss artists to get a run. Yeah, and a lot of them <laughs> no, compete sure on The Voice Germany, right? I'm sure yeah. there's going to be quite a few Luxembourgish. Yeah, uh, yeah. Artists on they there. probably visited on a weekend or something. Great opportunity for those people. Yeah, it's good. To see, it'll be interesting to see someone you know new back again. Mm. Uh, Estonia starts, and then we also get to the very start of February, and we will have Spain, Benidorm. That'll mm. be done, and a, a winner from that. Ukraine will have their winner from Vidbia, and we'll have the winner from Norway, which starts um, in I think next week or so. Gosh. So I, I do say we'll probably be back around then for those winners when we'll have a whole bunch more, unless again we have have a uh, emergency uh, broadcast because Kylie Minogue's been chosen for Australia or something. <laughs> That's a Danny will burn the place down if she hears that. <laughs> but in the meantime, we will be having, now that we've started the season, we will be having uh, episodes and brief chats on our Patreon. So for those subscribers, we will be doing stuff throughout January. And if you're not subscribed, jump on there as well. We will be having things on Patreon mm. and we really appreciate your support. The link will be in the show notes, but... Thank you very much for joining our first episode of season 2024. Yeah, happy new year and thanks for joining us. All right, catch you later. As always, thanks for joining us and thank you for your support. You can follow us on our social media channels at AussieVisionNet. And if you want to support the work that we and 20 Aussie Vision volunteers do and get some really good bonus content, then you can subscribe to our Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Thanks very much. Catch you later.